What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Potter Podcast, where you will find knowledge, resources, and information on everything real estate related. We are happy to have you join us today. And without further ado, let's jump into our topic and discussion for today. Hey, guys, what's up? Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are going to be discussing what do I do in a multiple offer situation? Obviously, as we continue to be involved in the seller's market as a buyer, you are finding yourself in a multiple offer situation the majority of the time, especially if you're in that price range of anything from, I would say, 350 below, um, which is pretty crazy to even say. But yeah, we're seeing multiple offers um, in all of those uh, scenarios, anywhere from $100,000 all the way up to $350,000. So that is our current market in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, so let's discuss what we need to do if we are a buyer or a seller in this multiple offer situation uh, moving forward and what we do uh, as we're looking at all of those different offers and how we can separate ourselves from those offers. Hey guys, so if you are uh, a buyer in this market, you have probably found yourself in a multiple offer situation. And if you haven't written up on a property, you probably will find yourself in a multiple offer situation. Um, and if you don't, you are considered very lucky. Um, so with that being said, I want to kind of discuss uh, some of the things that you might want to think about as you are a buyer in this market right now, dealing with multiple offer situations and things that you can do to potentially separate yourself from uh, the competition. And so I'm not going to share all of my secrets on here just because I don't want other realtors in my area that may be listening to know uh, some of the things that we're doing. But I will discuss some of the things that um, you potentially see uh, in a lot of situations. And so um, just to get you prepared and ready and to set that expectation, let's dive in. Um, so what is a multiple offer situation? I think I need to address that first because some people might not know what I am talking about, but basically what I am going to be discussing is um, if you are a buyer and you are going to write up on a house, there is a good chance that there might be other buyers uh, who end up writing on the property as well. And so that's what we call a multiple offer situation. Um, and therefore, a lot of times you'll hear the listing agent uh, come back to the buyer's agents or the buyers and say, hey, give us your best and final offer. Uh, in some cases, they will do that. Um, in other cases, they'll lay out kind of that expectation for you as far as saying, hey, we're listing the house on such and such a date and we're going to go over offers on such and such a date at this time. And so basically they're telling you, bring us your best and final offer by this time, because that's when we're going to review all of the offers with the sellers. Um, so how do we get yourself in a position to be one of those top offers that a seller will look at as you're moving forward? Uh, the first step I would say is, and what we see a lot of times is um, now this used to be, it's funny because this used to be something that um, didn't happen very often, but now you kind of see it happen quite a bit. Um, I advise my buyers to write the sellers a letter. Um, and so basically what that means is they can write the sellers a letter stating why they love the property and how they can picture themselves there with their family and so on. Um, but I think it adds a nice little touch to the offer um, as you are 
basically trying to get this house. Uh, it's kind of nice to put a little personal touch on that to let the sellers know who it is that's interested in purchasing their property. So typically I like to tell uh, my buyers and uh, those people that are writing up uh, this letter to the sellers to say um, something along the lines of what they liked about the house and how they can picture themselves there. Um, and then also talk about themselves, you know, like when uh, did you move to Omaha? You know, why do you like this neighborhood or why do you like this this house um, or this location and just kind of talk about those things. And then if you want, you can add in things about your family and add that little personal touch um, if you want. So um, I suggest doing that first. Uh, the other thing that's nice to go about with it is make sure you have a pre-approval letter. Um, so that's vital if you're uh, actually buying a house, no matter what is knowing uh, and showing the sellers that you can potentially um, purchase the house because you have a letter from your lender stating that you are capable of doing that. Now, here's the thing I also want to say is if you are planning on putting an escalation clause into uh, that letter or the contract, I should say, um, you want to make sure that when you get that pre-approval letter from that lender, that it is uh, for the amount of what you are actually willing to go up to with that escalation clause. I'm going to get into that in a couple minutes. Um, but just be aware that that would be something that you'd want to do as well. So that seller also knows that you can go up uh, higher if need be. Um, the next thing that um, I'm going to move us into is exactly that and what I just stated, uh, an escalation clause. And so for those of you that don't know what it is, um, it has become uh, definitely something that's very popular and is used quite a bit in almost every uh, multiple offer situation. And if you're not using it, you should. Um, and that is an escalation clause. And basically what that means is, uh, let's say that the house is $200,000, um, but you, the buyer are willing to go up to $220,000. Um, typically you're going to write up for 200 or a little bit over the asking price. And then, um, in paragraph 10 C, uh, at least in our, uh, contracts here in Omaha, um, there is a place where you can write, um, the escalation clause in there, or you can also do a multiple offer addendum uh, where you'll state and you'll put like those um, stipulations in there. But I recommend doing that, especially if you really love the house and you want uh, to get very aggressive. Um, it's a way to show your cards a little bit. Um, as a buyer, you, you're basically stating that you'll go up to a certain amount for the property. Um, but it definitely uh, gives you a slight advantage if somebody can't go a little more over the asking price. Um, so, for example, let's say that two hundred thousand dollar house um, that you are that you're going for, and you're willing to go up to two twenty. I might suggest writing uh, even at like two oh five and stating that hey, we'll pay an additional thousand dollars over the uh, the price of anyone that goes over two oh five um, to the seller up to $220,000. So basically what you're stating is, hey, if somebody else writes up, let's say at 208, you'll match that and you'll pay an additional $1,000 to 209. And, uh, and that's what you could potentially uh, settle on as far as the purchase price on that house. Now, please keep in mind, I want to state this, um, a seller has every right to counter whatever they want to counter. Okay. Um, I typically will try to ask for if I write up an escalation clause. Um, 
I write in the contract that, hey, if, if our escalation clause is being implemented, uh, we want to see proof that there was actually another higher offer um, that was there that basically uh, made the escalation clause be implemented. Um, but the seller doesn't have to do that. Um, it's just kind of nice, I would say, or a thing of integrity to do. Uh, but they can just counter back at whatever price they want. And if you accept that, then you can accept it. Um, so just keep that in mind as well. Um, but that's what we try to do to protect kind of both sides and, and just kind of stay, yes, they're willing to go up to that, but Hey, this is what the other offer came in at. And let, let's, let's acknowledge that. And, uh, let's, let's do, uh, the 209 price as in the example that I gave you. So, um, just keep that in mind, uh, as you're thinking about, uh, some of those things and being in the multiple offer situation. Um, some other things to think about is you can increase, uh, your earnest deposit. Uh, again, I think that this benefits you as a buyer, uh, in both ways. Um, I think it benefits you showing the seller that you have cash on hand that you can put down more for your earnest deposit. Um, so just to give you an example, typically, uh, they say an earnest deposit should be, uh, a thousand dollars, uh, for every hundred thousand dollars. So if you're writing up in our example, again, a $200,000 house, your earnest deposit should be at least $2,000. Um, but if you wanted to make that offer stronger and you could, uh, you could maybe bump it up to $3,000 or $3,500 or $4,000. Um, yes, it's more out of your pocket up front, but also uh, that will help you as closing costs uh, come, in, come into play at the end. Uh, at the closing table, if you pay that up front, you get that credit uh, at the end. And so it kind of brings down uh, what you bring to the table uh, for closing costs too, because that goes as a credit for you as a buyer as well. And so I think it benefits uh, both sides. The seller knows that they have a strong buyer and uh, the buyer knows that, hey, now we don't have to bring so much to closing. Uh, if we had some some extra just sitting in the account, we can, we can put that up front. Um, so that's an option for you. Um, the other option that we're starting to see quite a bit of actually is, um, is as it deals with the appraisal. So in, as you get into some of these multiple offer situations, um, man, I've seen so many offers, um, that go well beyond the listing price. And in some cases, 20 to 30 grand over the asking price. Um, so again, that now brings into, um, another situation where what if the house doesn't appraise for that amount, right? Now you run into an issue where if somebody's getting a loan, um, on the property, now you've got an appraisal issue where you thought as a seller, you're getting X amount of dollars. And now you're understanding that you're going to have to come down in price unless, unless, um, the buyer has agreed to pay the difference. Now as a realtor and as someone representing the buyer, I would never recommend ever doing that um, because I just think that that's a dumb thing to do. I don't think it's wise, um, but I also understand that there are situations and times where uh, there's a buyer that is truly in love with the house and they're willing to pay five, 10 grand um, out of their pocket even more uh, to get that house if that were the case, if the appraisal comes back below. And so what they can do is they can write up in the contract saying, hey, if the appraisal comes back below, um, the buyer will actually pay out of pocket up to uh, a certain amount uh, to basically cover that difference. Um, so let's say that in our example, we get the house at 209, 
right? And let's say that it appraises for 205. There's a $4,000 difference there. But if the buyer wrote up that they would be willing to pay up to a $5,000 difference, then they know that they can keep that contract together. The buyer now brings $5,000 more to the table at closing um, out of their own pocket that gets added onto the closing costs. And then um, they can basically move forward with the deal. Again, keep in mind the appraisal is for the bank to give the loan to the buyer and to know what that value is worth with that home. So that's why the appraisal is getting done. That's why that contingency is written in there. Um, so if you are a seller and you're in a multiple offer situation, um, and if I'm representing you, I may counter something back if somebody's like 15, 20, 30 grand over the asking price, and I know that there's a good chance it might not appraise you might counter back and say, hey, if this doesn't appraise, the buyer is to pay the difference of whatever that is on the appraisal so that you can hold that deal together. Um, so that's uh, something to think about as a seller, okay? Um, and how to basically cover yourself or protect yourself in that situation. Now, again, if it falls through and the buyer doesn't wanna pay that difference and they walk away, the benefit of a multiple offer situation is you have numerous other buyers that may still want the house and the property and are willing to pay um, that difference. And if they're not, then in most cases, the buyer and seller renegotiate uh, a purchase price and that purchase price just so happens to be what the appraised value is. Um, to learn more about that, I did a podcast on appraisals and you can go listen to that one. But um, that is another thing that people can do. Um, so that's that's like the appraisal contingency that's written in the contracts. Um, and then there's some other things that you can do. Unfortunately, I'm not going to share some of those things because um, I am uh, obviously a realtor and I'm here in our area. And I know that there's other uh, realtors that listen to this uh, podcast. And so I don't want to give up all of my secrets, but um, again, that's the benefit of using a realtor who uh, is experienced, who is in the field every single day, and who may know a couple different uh, things to kind of tweak some deals and uh, some things in your favor to help you go get the house. Um, and again, that's why I always plug that you want a realtor that isn't a part-time realtor, that is a full-time realtor that's in it every single day that knows what they're doing. Um, so keep that in mind and uh, definitely interview a couple agents or at least know if you do bring on an agent uh, that they're a full-time agent, that they know the city and the area well and uh, they know the market well and know how to handle multiple offer situations and what they would do in those situations for you. So um, with that being said, I hope that helps you guys tremendously um, or at least gets the wheels turning as far as um, being aware and setting the expectations uh, that are out there when it deals with a multiple offer situation and uh, things that you can do to help benefit you uh, moving forward and uh, to set that expectation up front as a buyer and then also to know some of these things as a seller. So with that being said, thanks guys. I appreciate it. I hope you have um, a great day. And uh, you always know you can get a hold of me uh, however you would like, whether that's phone, text, email, or even on social media. Love you guys. Have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. As always, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Potter Podcast. To learn more about how you can connect with me, check out my website, potterpodcast.com. And there you can connect with me on my social media platforms. Until next time, stay hungry, work hard. Dream big and always stay humble. Talk to you soon.